Shoulder. Uh, he doesn't think the team itself respects him, and he certainly doesn't think 
the American counterpart to respect him at all. Uh, last issue that we skipped, he, he has, gets into like a, basically a screaming match with Oberon and John and Max. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of unwarranted. They didn't seem that mad at him uh, because he thinks they hate him so much. But he has been told that he is, in no uncertain terms, equal to John Jones at this point. Yes. Well, that happens in this issue. Oh, that no, that was last the, issue. That was the previous issue. That was last this issue. This issue, uh, it's all set up on the first page uh, and the cover. They're going to go take French lessons because most of them do not speak the language of the country they live in. Right, and that's causing a lot of the dislike from the people. So they're like, okay, we're going to learn French. So this, is, this issue is basically a comedy. Like This is a comedy issue, yes. I mean, this is so funny that this was like a regular superhero title, like a top-shelf you know, premier title of DC Comics. This is just a straight-up sitcom. There's a couple reasons I wanted to cover this issue a little more than five. Five is great. It's mostly about Metamorpho and his uh, his kind of family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it kind of ends sad, and it's got some real emotional weight to it, and I love it. Uh, but this issue is a flat-out comedy, and I've been talking a lot about how Justice League Europe is less comedic than Justice League International. It's got more action. Um, yeah. But it still hits this comedy issue out of the park. So it kind of still can do both. It just, when it does comedy, that they're shorter bursts. It's like this is a one-and-done comedy issue. Yeah. And there's a few more of those probably throughout Europe's run, but uh, there's fewer of them. Um, you want to talk about the cover? Yes. So the cover is like we see, uh, we're looking at all the Justice League sitting behind little desks, hands folded, knees pushed up against them and Captain Adam is in the background writing, I will not talk in class. And in the foreground, we're kind of looking through the legs of the teacher, kind of like Western style, mm-hmm. like good, bad, and the ugly showdown style. And the, and the, and the people all look kind of, the, the superheroes look a little bit like cowed. Yeah. Like they're, they have been put in their place by this French teacher. Yeah. Uh, we also see the Injustice League, who we skipped over in our recaps, but have shown up in the main Justice League title briefly during the end of the Invasion storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is their, I think, second appearance. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, uh, they're also all in costume on the cover, which they do not wear in the issue. Um, that must have taken some time because they weren't wearing their costumes while the artist drew the inside parts and they had to put on their costumes while he drew the cover. Uh, I'm sure that was like a long shoot yeah, day. That's how comic books work. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think it's a good cover. I think so too. The art is just outstanding in this series. It's just really yeah. good. Yes. I really love, uh, Bart Sears. Uh, some of these characters, like his version of Metamorpho is for me, weirdly my defining Metamorpho look. He is um, good at drawing Metamorpho. Uh, and his, his Captain Adam, I think, is also, despite the fact that we make fun of it a lot, is how I picture Captain Adam a lot in my head. Yeah. I just make fun of it because I'm intimidated by his broad shoulders. And his tiny waist. Yep. Um, I mean, the man's a triangle. So, yeah. um, great cover. Let's go to page one. Sure. Uh, we get a setup of the premise right away. We've got Ralph Dibney reading a paper, drinking some coffee, uh, hanging out with Catherine Colbert, the... French liaison of the uh, embassy. And the, yeah, the, the sort of the, the administrative head. She, yeah. she, like, she runs the embassy. That's right. And they're talking about how everybody other than Elongated Man and Rocket Red have enrolled in night school to learn French. Yeah. 
and they make it clear that he's not there because he already knows French. And Dibney is just loving it. He's like, this is really rich. He's like laughing at the idea of it. He um, wants to go to watch them. Just to kind of make fun of them. Yeah. Uh, then we go to page two and we set up. So that's like the main thread of the story. Kevin, we'd call that an A story in Great. Los okay. Angeles. Fantastic. If Thank you're you. writing a sitcom out here in the biz, we'd call that the A story. In New York, we call that none of your business. Okay. So the A story or the none of your business is JLE taking French class. That's but right. the B story is introduced right on page two. Yeah. And it's or that as B- we call it in New York, what are you looking at? Yeah. yeah we call it the B story. So, or the what are you looking at? And the what are you looking at of this comic is that the Injustice League are in play. They also have to learn French because they want to do heists and crimes in Paris and they think it'll be better to know French, right? That's what they're saying? Right. They tried to rob the bank, but they didn't know how to say <laughs> uh, this is a stick up. <laughs> so they have to learn French to learn that phrase. I um, mean, it's the, very it, funny. The Injustice League is made up of a bunch of characters whose powers to this day i mostly don't know <laughs> uh, there's major disaster who creates disasters like earthquakes and volcano eruptions okay <laughs> there is multi-man who has like spock ears and a shaved head and is uh bipolar but i don't know mm. what his power set is okay he's like emotionally all over the place there's clock king who just knows what time it is <laughs> <laughs> there's clue master who is like a guy who uh, is <laughs> already like a, sounds weak. He's like a Riddler. He's like a bad version of the Riddler. Yeah. He's already sort of like, even though he's beloved because of Frank Gorshin, one of the lamer Batman villains. It's funny when there's enough heroes that there's weird niche categories. Like, I mean, you know, you got like your strong guys and your fast guys, but you also got your riddle guys. <laughs> right. That's Clue Master. Yeah. Um, you also have Big Sir, who's just dumb and strong. Big dumb guy. And then you've got uh, the Mighty Bruce, who I think is not a supervillain at all, just like their computer friend, <laughs> who's like good at like setting up computer stuff. Maybe he's a hacker, but he is not a supervillain. He gives himself a superhero name in this issue, the Mighty Bruce. Yeah. Uh, but he's just sounds Bruce. Like- He's got the most marketable skills. Like, I don't sure. think summoning yeah. a volcano is something you can really bill out. Yeah. Uh, um, major disasters powers are overkill. And in other issues where we've seen him use them, hard to control. <laughs> like, he doesn't, it's not like he goes, oh, I want to summon a volcano. He just goes, I want a disaster to happen. And what <laughs> happens? Could be like Godzilla. It could be like a yeah. hailstorm. You don't know. Yeah. He's At like, least he looks angry and out of control. It's like in SimCity when you just set like uh, disasters to happen more frequently, but you don't know when they're going to happen or what they are. <laughs> that's major disaster. Anyway, that's the Injustice League who are sort of set up as the evil version of our funny Justice League. Right. And they're the B story. And then I'm so this is a really like elegantly set up story. Page three is the splash page. And it's the JLE, and they've all sat down to take French class. Uh, it's mostly the JLE. There's also some random students in here. Yeah, there's like three or four random students, right? Yeah. And there's the French teacher who's very like prim and like wearing sort of a frilly dress. And, um, and she starts her like comedy right away. Let's have no chattering students. A busy mouth means an empty mind, which is like going to be... She's basically going to like tisk tisk the, the superheroes for the whole issue. She's a very harsh teacher. She's like a really tough grammar school teacher. Uh, yeah. We see Metamorpho in his thing like disguise of overcoat and hat in the corner. 
We see the Flash already throwing a paper airplane. That's <laughs> disrespectful. He's, he's school. I hate school. He's been there for like not even 60 seconds. <laughs> I know. I know. And this is a guy um, who didn't go to college. I mean, like, you haven't had that much school. Uh, the next page, uh, Captain Adam kind of tells Flash to cool it. Uh, we see the teacher. The teacher's, I got to say, a weird look because she looks kind of young and hot. I'm sorry to objectify her, but like sure, yeah. for the like kind of character of a prim and proper put him in their place teacher. I wonder if Bart Sears is just not able to draw unattractive people. I mean, he struggles at it for sure. Um, Everybody, everyone in the or Bart just Sears comic is to like, do it. they're yeah. just easy on the eyes. Why have an ugly teacher? Says Bart Sears. What does that gain us? If you're going to have a fictional world, make it better. Yeah. Um, I guess that makes sense. I mean, she uh, wears a very long dress and a high neck dress. Like she covers up everything. But well, even, though, like, even Wally thinks she's attractive. He's checking her out. She looks like an apparition. I mean, she looks like a Henry James ghost who's like, like haunting the front of the classroom. You know, she looks like a circa 1900, like, you know, the ghost of Union Square or something like that. I'm making that up, but you know. Yeah, yeah. We and all know. We all know the ghost who haunts Union Square. <laughs> and so there's, we see the Justice League kind of futzing and fidgeting and the teacher beginning to shush them. And then the next page, the Injustice League enters in their civilian identity and they all take a seat. And they're all and bad guys. That's why they're late. They're all, so that's, yeah, they do a bad guy thing of showing up late. Major Disaster has a real bad guy suit. Like no tie, rumpled. It's like, ugh. Yeah. It looks like a, like a guy who's at 9 a.m. He's at the bar, two rounds of beers in, grumbling to somebody about his life. It's the Unjustice League like. is very funny to me because when they're told they're being late, Clockmaster immediately chimes in with what time it is and how late they are. Yeah. Uh, so he was aware they were late. <laughs> Probably was bothering him. I love that they just all, they don't have good powers, but they have good character games. Uh, I also like that the Justice League and the Injustice League, and this is a huge part of the story, they don't know each other in their civilian identity, so they don't recognize each other. Yeah, that's right. So they'll just sit down. It's really funny. Well, also up to this point, I think the Injustice League has only faced Captain Adam and maybe Rocket Red from this team because he hasn't faced Europe. And most of these guys are new to the to the team. Okay. Well, I like that they're keeping track of continuity. Um we cut back to the headquarters where Elongated Man and his wife, Sue, Ralph Dibney and Sue, are looking at the Crimson Fox, who's going to become a member of this team, right? And she's like a local French superhero who has not existed in the DC universe. She, she is a creation. Me, right? Yeah, she's a creation of this comic. Um, she's pretty cool. I mean, uh, her power set is nothing much. She's just like it's agile like, and rich. Kind of Catwoman-esque, like yeah. sort of like acrobatic. and. Her hook is that she is two people. Uh, they're twin sisters who run a hugely successful corporation and are also the superhero, but they pretend they're one person. They just take turns being Crimson Fox and in charge so that uh, nobody suspects them of being the Crimson Fox. That's uh, really fun. Yeah. I like that hook. Uh, but she does join the team eventually. And even when they move to London, she stays with the team, even though she is a French-based character. Uh, and yeah, she's great. She she sort of replaces Wonder Woman, who never was really on the team, and Animal Man, who eventually quits. He's done very little anyway. I won't miss him. Wow. Wow. Animal Sweet. Man says nothing but nice things about you. Does he really? Yeah. Animal Man oh, is shoot. a huge fan of yours. He I watched, shouldn't have He listens to all your comedy bang bangs. I shouldn't have said he it. He downloaded Rodney, Wayne and Rodney twice. 
You downloaded my album? Twice. He bought oh, it twice. Almost, almost nobody's downloading my album. Uh, he uh, uh, listens to all your other podcasts. Even I don't do that. That's yeah. crazy. So he's a huge fan of yours, and you oh. just sort of slighted him when he hears this, and he no. will. Uh, but no, but it was a joke. It was the time traveler. The time oh. traveler we talked about, and, and also it was a, a joke. Poor it Buddy Baker. A, it, uh, who? Buddy Baker, the animal man. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. He knows um, all your other identities. No. Well, all of them? Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, yes, so they're watching Crimson Fox, um, uh, and it's just sort of setting up the fact that she will uh, uh, be on the team later. And there's little, and we get like Ralph and Sue time, and they're like cute couple. Her putting him in his place, him being kind of the dim-witted, nice husband guy. Yeah. And then we cut back to the class. Then we get into the real meat of the comic, which is just like all these superheroes misbehaving, mm-hmm. talking to each other, passing notes. Yes. While this teacher like shushes them, it's really funny. And like and like you say, there's individual character games are funny. Like Clock King's obsessed with the clock. Yeah, the clock it's is like uh, sixty two seconds it's behind. Sixty two seconds behind, and it's driving him crazy. He keeps mentioning it. Um, the Power Girl is trying to read in French. Um, a major disaster seems irritated that Metamorpho's dressed so heavily. Uh, yeah, he's also, really sorry. Go. He's puzzled by it, and he can't seem to let go of that. There's also a page where the same uh, sentences are repeated in five separate panels in a row. It's very funny. It's like various characters looking at the other people in the class and going, there's something disturbing, but I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five in a row. That's really funny. Yeah. Captain Adam thinks it about Major Disaster. Major Disaster thinks it about Metamorpho. Uh, I think Wally thinks it about Big Sur. Animal Man thinks it about... uh, a guy, guy that we don't find him. out who we don't find out who he is until the end. Yeah, and then Multi Man thinks it about with Captain Adam. Yeah, and then um, Major Disaster puts it together at the end of the page and realizes he sees Metamorpho's like white neck, which is like probably like some element like talcum or something That's like that right. or whatever, mm-hmm. and like and um, realizes it's metamorpho because an element looks different than the skin. If something is a single element, you can tell by looking at it. I mean, he's, he doesn't have skin. He is made up of various elemental parts. He is monstrous looking. Okay. Uh, and yeah, Major Disaster yeah. sees it. He resists the urge to summon a typhoon. Uh, yes, yeah, so funny. Um uh, then we cut away again. Oh, there's right? a little funny joke at the end of that page. Oh, the yes. multi-man has gum on his nose because he was chewing gum and the teacher got mad and basically put the gum on his nose as punishment. Which is like an old school teacher punishment if you're chewing gum, right? I feel like that's something like that would happen in like the Little Rascals or like Depression era movies. Yeah, it certainly never I, happened to me or anyone I knew. I, I think it's there's, there's a certain like, here's a boring thought, Kevin. Uh, there's a certain like genre of jokes, which is like whatever decade you're in. Things that the creators saw in movies when they were like eight, they put into the stuff they make when they're like 40. So you end up like getting references to things like, like the eighties had tons of references to like gumshoe detectives and like Casablanca era things and like, you know, cold war spies on street corners going the, you know, the, the canary barks at midnight. Oh, the school trunk turns into a dog, you know, whatever, like Mm -hmm. passwords and stuff. But like that is no longer contemporary for those people. And then like, 
So there's always like a weird lag. And I feel like this kind of teacher, like wrapping the knuckles with a ruler, gum on the nose, you know, writing your name over and over again on the chalkboard. That's not, that doesn't happen. Yeah. um, I thought I had an interesting thought and I'm glad that I said it out loud because now I know that I didn't. I mean, it's also the uh, infatuation with the Three Stooges, which was like a thing that like Sam Malone had on Cheers and Metamorpho has in this comic. But like Bruce Willis had like in Moonlighting and but stuff. But like our dad didn't and nobody his age. So it wasn't like adults I knew were watching the Three Stooges and we didn't watch the Three Stooges. No, we were Abbott and Costello boys. Yeah, if anything. And, Mar- and, and Mark's brother boys. But not even that yet. Not at the point where these comics were coming out. Well, I was watching Abbott and Costello. Sure. Um, we, we, we're not brothers. So but I, I don't think. But, yes, we are brothers. But I don't think we would have uh, sat around all day watching them. You just like enjoyed them. No, no, no. Right, right. They, yeah, they would sort of happen in passing. The way that it's like the characters in these mediums that I'm talking about, like it's like their favorite thing. I do feel like there's a certain type of guy, though, like a blue collar rough around the edges. Some guy that's like installing your cable or like picking up the trash who just likes to say slightly. Yeah. Like, I still see people go sweetenly. But does he go home and watch the Three Stooges at night? I assume that anybody who says sweetenly is a completist who owns the collection of their shorts on Blu-ray. And I suppose that you only believe that because of this comic book we're reading now. Yes. Um, Anyway. We cut away to the police detective, um, Inspector Camus, who is sort of... uh, Camus. Camus, is that how it's pronounced? Yes who is on the Justice League Europe beat. We've seen yeah. it a few times. And this is funny a funny beat. I think this is a really funny page. Yeah. Uh, an officer comes in running, like out of breath. <laughs> I hate to interrupt, sir, <laughs> but we seem to have a little problem. How little? Well, actually, it's big. How big? Well, you see, we've had them under surveillance. Who? And it seems they're taking French lessons at the university. Who? A group of American supervillains called the Injustice League. Ah, wonderful. As if Captain Adam and his cronies aren't enough of a headache. Well, that's the problem, Inspector. What's the problem? The JLE is in the same class. The same class? Yeah, he storms a cigarette flying out of his mouth. <laughs> he throws on his coat. I want every available man now. It's He's in Paris. Like, that'd be a lot of dudes. Yeah. Uh, they treat this as if it's World War Three. <laughs> I just play, pray we're not too late to avert another disaster. It's very. It's a very funny reaction to this. To Like, he like knows there's going to be a disaster, and he just acts on it. He does not wait for it to happen. It's good police work. Uh, we cut back to the class and Wally West is trying to read out loud and having a lot of trouble. And the teacher is kind of like encouraging him slash goading him slash shaming him. Yes. And meanwhile, uh, the class is passing notes. Major disaster is passing a note to he, the clue master. He's passing a note through the Justice League Europe. Yeah. To the Injustice League to let them know that. They're in class with the Justice League Europe, and they need to get out of there. Oh, he's passing it to Animal Man. I didn't recognize him. Yeah. Um, uh, while this is happening, Big Sir, who refers to himself in a third person, uh, says <laughs> to want, the teacher, Yes, yeah. Miss Kessler, you want Big Sir to take the gum and stick it on his big nose? And Power Girl hears that and goes, oh, and, and Flash and Power Girl say to each other, did he just say Big Sir? <laughs> yeah. be so funny if Joker was in like disguise and was like, I got it. You want Joker to head over here. <laughs> yeah. So everything uh, is happening. Every, uh, it's, it's like it's all building to this crescendo. The teacher turns his back. 
her back. The note is being passed. The teacher sees the note has been passed. Yeah, this is a really funny joke that happens. And the teacher takes it uh, out of Bruce's hands. Bruce is like, but it's personal. And she's like, if it was so personal, I should have waited until after class. And she does the classic teacher move. I think we should share it with the whole class. And what she reads out loud is so funny. Yeah. Haul her butts out of here fast. We're in class with a JLE. And then she goes, haul our butts. And then we see everybody, like Jessica, <laughs> major disaster is rubbing his face in frustration. Captain Adam's surprised. Big Sur looks unaffected. Yeah. Captain Adam looks like he can't believe it. Yeah. Um, Multi-man is frustrated and still has gum on his nose. Power Girl looks angry. Kid, kid Flash, sorry, Flash looks excited. Yeah. Bruce kind of smirking. Yeah, there's a pretty good array of facial expressions. <laughs> Metamorphos hat was almost flying off his head in shock. <laughs> and then Miss Kessler goes, I'm waiting for an explanation. And Major Disaster goes, uh, I uh, don't have an explanation, but I really have to go to the bathroom. And all the Injustice League raise their hands. Me too. This is great. Yeah. And then the sirens immediately hit outside. Yeah. Um, this is the oddest class I've ever had. But if you really must all go, then I suppose there's nothing I can do. Yeah. And then the police surround the building. So now things explode. Like the, every, the, the jig is up. So like the Injustice League springs to their feet. So do the JLE. And like fighting starts happening. Yeah. Um, Flash trips Big Sur. It's a really funny moment where the Flash leans over to Big Sur and goes, you know, Barry told me all about you. Uh, Big Sur says, Barry, you know, the original Flash, remember him? Oh, yes, he was a very nice man. Well, I'm the new Flash. I like the old one better. Like, <laughs> yeah, what a decision to make right away. Big Sur knows the running gag somehow. Yeah. Has never met Wally West. <laughs> Seemingly prefers Barry Allen, which is what everyone does. That must really Animal, hurt. Animal Man, my favorite hero, who I think is great, mm-hmm. starts choking major disaster. Mm-hmm. But then Bruce, the non-powered maybe hacker, starts choking Animal Man and calls himself, and he stutters because he doesn't have a name, and then he says, the mighty Bruce. Yeah. Uh, Clock King and the multi-man just run for it. Yeah, they're like, we have no powers. Get out of here. Um, Power Girl chases after them. The police say, freeze. Don't move a muscle, any of you. And then there's this long conversation as Power Girl talks to the villains. Did he just say, don't move? (laughs) Yep. Meaning he expects me to stop? Uh-huh. But I can't stop because she's flying full force. I don't know how she has this conversation in that moment. Yeah. But it's very funny because they all just sort of collide into a pile. Um, meanwhile, Kessler is trying to get control of it. She says, you're adults, not infants, and I want you to start acting like adults this instant. Yeah. Uh, I, I insist that you stop this childish right now. Class. Class, class, she screams. I don't really scream because I record this late at night. Yeah, uh, and then she, there's and a big works. panel and everybody has stopped and looked at her. She's got their attention. They're kind of frozen in place like a bunch of kids who are like startled that the teacher has gotten angry. You will stop this immediately. Do you? Un- uh, oh, I, I hate it when she yells, says Big Sir. Do you understand me, class? And then everybody says in unison, including yeah. Captain Adam. <laughs> yes, Miss Kessler. Yes, Miss Kessler. <laughs> and then the inspector Camus and everybody bursts in. And the teacher scolds them, too. Yeah, sends them back in the hallway to enter without waving their gun around. And they do it. Yeah. Uh, we, madame. <laughs> 
Uh, we cut back to the embassy, and Dibney is playing cards with Catherine, and Dibney Sue comes wants, in. Dibney wants to know what went wrong. Catherine is sure nothing went wrong. Yeah, then Sue comes in and says there's an altercation at the school, and that everybody's in jail. <laughs> yes. Uh, we cut to them all in jail. Uh, they're like leaning on the bars. Uh, they're all sniping at each other. Um, it's very, very funny. Uh, Catherine shows up to sort of bail them out, but they find out they didn't need to be bailed. They have diplomatic immunity, which yeah, uh, all you had to do was say that you had diplomatic immunity and he, and Captain M's like, really? And then everyone yells at him, diplomatic immunity. And Captain M's like, well, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, we cut to the justice league who are being deported. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we're criminals. We robbed a bank. No, Bruce, we did not rob a bank. We tried to rob a bank. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they didn't get very far. No one knew they were trying because no one understood what they were saying. Yeah, so they kind of didn't really commit any crimes. Um, but they are wanted criminals, so being deported makes sense. Okay, okay. And so then we see that all of the people in the class who we didn't recognize, who were not part of the JLE or the Injustice League were actually like spies for different countries. Yeah, from all the different embassies that I assume house the Justice League, the different Justice League embassies, I think. Oh, I, I thought it was I thought it was the other embassies in Paris. Uh, it's unclear to me because the, the Soviet one, that person I think shows up again in Russia at the Russian embassy. I'm not sure though. But yes, they, uh, they're all talking about the... They were there to spy in the Justice League Europe to see what threat they were. Okay. But that means nobody signed up for this class, except for the Justice League Europe, I guess. Yeah, this class was not popular. Hmm. Um, and the last page is just a joke with, like, it's a long view of the house and there's speech balloons coming out of the house and they're going, diplomatic immunity, diplomatic immunity, diplomatic immunity. Like everybody's just kind of saying it. Mm -hmm. And then there's one balloon, presumably uh, Captain that I'm going, you people aren't going to let me forget this, are you? And then a big, everybody else in unison, no. There's um, a beat, a blank panel with a beat for uh, pacing. And then I didn't think so. <laughs> Says Captain Adam resigned to his fate. Yeah. Really funny. It's a, uh, it's a really good issue. Yeah. And this uh, leads into next issue will be a crossover with Justice League, uh, the Justice League America branch. Hmm. Um, for a few issues. So they're getting right back into serious stuff very soon. Um, all right. So why don't we maybe take our break? Yes, let's take a break. And then we'll come back and go for like a couple of hours. Yeah. Going over our closing thoughts. Let's do it. Hey, it's us again, your hosts, Kevin and Will Hines, and we want to hear from you. That's right. You can email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at screwitcomics. We also have an Instagram account where we post images from the comics that we talk about, and that's screwitcomics on Instagram. That's three different ways to connect with us. Tell us your thoughts about the issues we're talking about or the format of the show or our life choices that have led us to this point. Reach out and tell us anything, honestly, and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. We're back. Yes, um, we are. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite part of this issue, Will? Oh, there's so much of it's really fun. I think when she read the note, I'll, I'll, that's genuinely a very funny moment. 
Uh, I love Big Sur telling Wally. I like the other one better. Yes, that's also really good. Such a quick beat. It's it's a really fun issue, I think. The Injustice League are really fun characters in this comic book. Um, which okay, so so that that we're wrapping up. Yeah, we're wrapping wrapping up the Justice League. Um. After this issue, we get this, like I said, we get this crossover between the two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, really, the, uh, the only ma- full-on crossover that goes issue to issue until the final um, stretch run that Keith Giffen goes into. Then they're sort of separate, though characters will cross over from time to time. Um, the Justice League Europe deals with the extremists. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also deal with Starro. Um, uh, like I said, Animal Man leaves and Crimson Fox joins. They move to London. Um, Justice League America goes through a few small things, but their lineup mostly stays the same. They add General Glory for a while, who's this weird Captain America-like knock, um, like a Golden Age character that gets Guy Gardner's respect. It'd be fun to have a list of which Marvel and DC characters are knockoffs of the other, like a clear knockoff. Yeah, yeah. General not Glory just, is not, not just like... Yeah. yeah. Generally, he's, he's a knockoff of some aspects, but not all aspects. He's a weird character. I never really, I never liked that whole stretch of Justice League America um, with that character. Well, they, they probably don't want to like clearly, uh, like the Black Cat and Spider-Man to me is a knockoff of Catwoman. Sure. Yeah. Even though I like the Black Cat as a character, I think she works great in stories and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. It's hard to. She certainly cat, started off the, as a cat feet beautiful female cat burglar who the superhero is attracted to yeah so i mean who is a cat themed cat burglar dr fate and dr strange like i don't know they, they seem like analogs even if the creators didn't mean it that way yeah i don't think i uh, black cat has got to be like they were gotta i mean Catwoman. you have to be aware of Catwoman. i feel like dr strange <laughs> and dr vader just magic characters yeah okay um in that I grand see. scheme of things um but anyway, uh, the Justice League continues on for a while and then eventually hits this long-running 15-part crossover between the two titles called Breakdowns, uh, which where Maxwell Lord gets shot and the team sort of gets shut down and put, someone else gets put in charge. Hmm. Uh, people get fired from the team. Uh, it's not that good. Yeah, um, and it's a long one. The extremists come back and Despero comes back, kind of the two big villains of the either title. Um and then it sort of ends, uh, Keith Giffen leaves, uh, and then I think Gerard Jones, who is now uh, uh, in jail for uh, uh, pe- pedophilia, or not pedophilia, yeah. but for um, child, pornography. child pornography, that's it, uh, took over the title and ran it for a while. I think Dan Jurgen well, said for, America. Except for that disturbing, not except for, but like trying to sidestep that disturbing fact that I feel. I just feel like I have to mention it. No, no, I, I really love totally Jared fair. Jones's writing at this time, but uh, now whenever I read a book by him, did, I'm like, did, didn't he do that one, The Trouble with Girls, he where did, it was yes. like a secret agent named Girls? Yes, that every I, woman. I remember him being like a funny writer, like he yeah. he had a sense of humor in his. Stories. I liked The Trouble with Girls. It was like every woman fell in love with him, but he was not interested, and he didn't like being a super spy. He didn't like being James Bond, but he was yeah. stuck as James Bond. Uh, yeah, he he did a great run in Green Lantern. Uh, I think. I think he, he takes over for scripting over for, for James DeMatteis after a bit, and he's great. And he takes over the title, and it's pretty good for a while with them, but it, it 
it slowly just loses sight of what it is and it kind of gets diluted and becomes sort of a bad comic book hmm. until it gets relaunched uh, by Grant Morrison as JLA with the big seven. It then comes back for two miniseries. I can't believe it's not the Justice League and formerly known as the Justice League. Um, and that is made up of mostly Baxton Lord, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Fire. Um, who else? Uh, uh, Captain Adam is in one of those, but not Gardner? the other. Guy Gardner's in one, but not the other. Um, because what also happens during this era, like between now... And when they come back in the series, the characters kind of go through a lot. Like Ice gets killed. Mm. Um, Guy Gardner, I think, might also have been killed. Something happened to Guy Gardner. So he was like no longer around. So they basically didn't have some of these characters. They just sort of brought Guy Gardner back and didn't explain how he was back for the second miniseries. Mm. But by the time the second miniseries came out, Blue Beetle has, had been killed and Max Lord had become evil. Yeah. The whole Rocket Red gets killed. Crimson Fox, both of them get killed. Uh, Booster Gold loses his suit and is in like is in a big giant suit of armor for a while. They get just like totally transformed, and very few of them recover from this to become like prominent characters in the comics again. Wow! Uh, they sort of just get it's it's as if you would think it was a conspiracy if those things actually existed. Like someone went in and goes, "I hate the Justice League International. I'm going to destroy everything about them." They yeah. couldn't have done a better job if someone wanted to do that. But I think really what it was is like. They have these big events. They're like, I got to kill somebody. Who does no one care about? No one cares about yeah. ice. Right, so right. kill ice. And even Blue Beetle, when they killed Blue Beetle, it was like he was a big enough name where it was like, oh, this will matter. But no one actually care. Yeah. They're always looking for that character and that sweet spot of, we can't kill Batman. Right. Uh, but and if we kill somebody you've never heard of, no one cares. Who's right in between those things? And I think Blue uh, Beetle happened to be there. Uh, Max, so, uh, and well, I have a few <laughs> Max Lord okay. also, I think, was revealed to have always hated superheroes. Like, that's that's a thing. Like, he, he said some speech at some point where he's like, he never liked superheroes, which is clearly not true. Yeah. Um, he's friends with all these characters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's just now a villain. He's become like a Wonder Woman villain mainly. He's in her new movie upcoming, he's in the comic right now with her. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, the the characters got sort of demolished. Hmm. So did you read? Did you read all? Did you did you stay and read all these comics as they came out? Were you reading Justice League to the bitter end? I didn't read it to the bitter end, but I read it for a lot longer. I don't know when I eventually gave up because I read it through. At some point, Superman joins the team, and Hal Jordan joins the team, and Wonder Woman joins. Like they get some of the big guns back, or on various mm. teams. Some of them run America. Some of them run Europe. Because I was reading it when Superman was killed by, um, what's his name? Uh, death, death something? Doomsday, right? Oh, yeah, Doomsday. yeah, right, right. Yeah. Doomsday yeah. kills him. It's like, there's a big Justice League issue where they try to stop Doomsday because it's, he's killed Superman or he's going to kill Superman and they just get demolished. Yeah. And that's when, that's when Booster Gold loses his suit because um, he just gets ripped off him. He's like, oh, now I've got no powers. Um and around then, I think I sort of, I was like, oh, this comic isn't good anymore. Like, John Jones left and was replaced by Bloodwind, who was John Jones in, in secret, in, pretending to be another character, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I just lost interest in it. Um, it was weird. It was like never, it wasn't like a sharp thing where it just like got bad. You're just yeah. like, you look, you turned around, you're like, oh, when did this comic become not good? It happened yeah. around me when I wasn't paying attention. 
Um, so then I left uh, for a while, and then I came back when Grant Morrison took over, and you know his run was great. But a totally different thing, obviously. A completely different comic. Um, yeah. And like even that was sort of making fun of like how B-list the old team was. But even then, it felt like he was making fun of the after Justice League International B team. Yeah. Like it just you were doing Justice League, but with just not good characters. Or at least Justice League International was doing something different. Yeah. Um, I do think the two miniseries that Giffen, Demetrius, and McGuire did, the formerly known as, and I can't believe it's not, are great. They're legitimately really fun. Elongated yeah. Man is in it. Sue Dibney's in it. Those they're also in it. Um, they're legitimately super fun. Nort shows up uh, and gets. <laughs> uh, there's some issue where they get actually sent to the wrong dimension. Like the evil <laughs> Justice League International Dimension where Nort is like a Godzilla-like monster. <laughs> Super fun. Uh, I think someone tries to barter. Uh, Magna Khan shows up and tries to barter with him. He's like, hey, I brought you guys Nort. And they're like, we're not interested. <laughs> uh, which is very funny. Uh, we don't want Nort. <laughs> uh, so it's just really fun. Uh, but then it's also like it's still got like emotion to it because like they try to save ice at one point from the afterlife and they fail. Um, and guy and fire are just devastated by it. Um, and so like, there's good moments and it's Kevin McGuire art. So it's really fun to look at. It's very silly. It's sillier. I think even than what we've read hmm. because it's sort of out of continuity so that it can be sillier. Yeah. Like uh, Maxwell Lord goes around recruiting everyone and Blue Beetle at that point, his storyline was he was having heart problems. He's like, I yeah. can't be a superhero. I could have a heart attack. Yeah. And Max is like, you're in. <laughs> Blue Beetle's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, but when Max goes to see Booster Gold, they're just ch- chatting and all of a sudden Booster Gold goes, wait, what are you here for anyway? I'm in. <laughs> he goes, I haven't even told you what it is yet. He's like, I don't care. I'm in. Which is also very funny. Like, they're both funny reactions. Um. I will. Here's a thought that I, I I watch a lot of the animated series that DC mm-hmm. has put out, and I think this era of Justice League has had Keith Giffen. I think has had more impact on characters and or takes on characters than maybe anyone else. Really? Because I mean, obviously Superman is more important, but so Siegel and Schuster get a huge mark, but that's it. Yes. Um. But like I'm watching Young Justice right now, which is a uh, DC Universe only streaming cartoon that was originally on Cartoon Network. Uh, Catherine Colbert shows up in it. Oh, interesting. Uh, Elrond shows up in it. Um, well, if you count Keith Giffen, he also did Guardians of the Galaxy. Like he, yeah, I'm just saying impact even on Justice League. But yes, of course, if, uh, comics. Oh, okay. He's had a huge impact. And then it's Kirby. If you say all of comics. Okay, right, right, right. right. It's hard I, to thought, I thought you were saying all of comics, but okay. So on Justice League. Just on the Justice yeah. League, this DC universe, because like Kirby had a big impact because Darkseid always shows up. And once you do that, you have all the fourth world characters. That's big. Yeah. The only one who even rivals him, I think, is Keith Giffen. He changed Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. They are friends for life. Yeah. It's weird because they never like, in their solo comics, never really connected. It was only in this book. But it has become a thing in the DC universe. Like when you have one, it's always like, where's the other one? Yeah. Uh, and so that becomes uh, important. Rocket Red is in this Young Justice cartoon. Um, the Batman Brave and the Bold did the one punch thing. Guy Gardner has become a huge character because of this series. Hmm. Like Guy Gardner had a huge long run in a solo title after this. 
Yeah. They could never figure out what to do with him, I think, outside of the Justice League. But he's still around and he's he wouldn't be anything because he would be the other white Green Lantern. If not for this. Right, book. right, right, right. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. There's well, we, so we don't, much. We don't know the 60s Justice League. And I feel like, you know, the original Justice League was impactful because it inspired the Fantastic Four and the Avengers Yes. And so, and who was the mastermind of that? Like, who were the art? Were the were those stories good? Was the art good? I don't think you know they I mean? were. We don't really know. I don't think they were because what I, everything I've heard about those Justice League stories is that they were just sort of there. They were just sort of plot driven. Well, then this is so anything cool about those Justice League cartoons are just like how cool is Hawkman? And that's more that's Gardner Fox. He created Hawkman, so mm-hmm. if Hawkman is cool. It's because of that. But it wasn't like those titles were like oh it's really fun to see these characters interact. It was like they all showed up and then went on missions. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like this, the, the, the preceding Detroit era, they had some personality from what I understand. But yeah. before that, I don't think they had much personality because they comics didn't. That's why Marvel dominated. Right. Cause the FF had personality. Right. Right. Anyway, I just think Keith Giffen and this era of justice league has had a huge impact, uh, forever. I mean, Martian Manhunter, will forever be associated with Oreos. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. But their their impact has to be so okay, tons of impact on the characters. Mm-hmm. And the and the Justice League universe. Yeah. Um uh, there was a short-lived DC live action show that I forget the name of, but it was sort of like The Office but in the DC universe. Crimson Fox was on that show. Mm. Um, I mean, just like thing, like there's just like little thing they created so much. I feel like so often you read comic books and it's just, uh, let's bring up all their old villains. Yeah. Um, but they created a lot of stuff in this series. I always love when that happens. It always bums me out how people can't get away from the original rogues galleries of comics. Yeah. You want both. You want to mix in new stuff constantly. Yeah. Um, and the impact of this comic is more than just, I think the tone they just also created and, and did a lot of cool stuff hmm. that really has had a uh, lasting impact. Do people know it though? Like we're talking about a comic that was, you know, whatever, 30 years ago. They don't know it. I don't think uh, uh, based, 20, 20 years ago, based on our emails, ago. a lot of people are reading it for the first time that are listening to our podcast. And they're like, Oh, mm-hmm. uh, somebody emailed us. and was like, I never could imagine a justice league comic like this. Um, Maybe, you know, we've talked about The Thin Man with um, Ralph Dibney and Sue Dibney. And watching The Thin Man movies was kind of a revelation for me. I've only watched like two or whatever. But like they as like, oh, this was copied by tons of things. But I had never seen the source mm-hmm. of it. Or, yeah. you know, or, you, or you watch an old Hitchcock movie and you're like, oh, that's where all these like horror movie tropes came from or whatever. Um, and maybe that's what Justice League is in a lot of ways. I mean, it's, I mean, it, I, I think it is in that sense. Like, even though the, the comics themselves killed all these characters, like I said, when my son knows who Fire and Ice are because they're in Batman Brave and the Bold. Yeah. They're distinct characters, you know? Um, they're also not American, <laughs> which is nice. And I don't Let think they created you. Fire and Ice. I think they already existed. They kind of changed their power set, but also popularized them because I don't see yeah. Jack O' Lantern and Owl Woman showing up anywhere. Yeah. 
has Keith, I feel like such a dad asking this. I do not have kids, but this seems like a dad question. Has Keith Giffen gotten rich? I don't know. You he, know what I mean? Like, like the Guardians of the Galaxy movie made a ton of money, but he didn't really create many of those characters. Any of them. Do you do Rocket? No, Raccoon? Rocket Bill, Mantlo, and Mike Mignola. Oh, wow. Um, I also don't know how Marvel rewards people for the movies. DC does a better job of it. Like anytime Lobo shows up somewhere, Keith Giffen's getting a check. Oh, okay. That's good. I don't know how big um, a check, but he's, DC's always been pretty good about that or was for a long time. I assume they still are because I remember uh, Chuck Dixon, notorious right wing comic writer, would talk okay. about how Bane, he created the character of Bane. And he's like, anytime okay. Bane shows up, he's like, yeah, I don't have to watch for it. It's like, I'll just get a check all of a sudden and be like, oh, I guess Bane's in the new Batman cartoon. Uh, and, he, you know, that's helped yeah. him out, I'm sure. I mean, I, I, it is kind of sometimes a buzzkill to focus on the money instead of the art. But yes. like like Chris Claremont and the X-Men. To me, like Chris Claremont is the X-Men. Um, yeah. And yet he's not the writer of these movies. He wasn't the original creator of many, if any, of the characters. But he is the guy who figured out how to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, X-Men 2, that's a great movie. He deserves credit and money for that movie. Did he get it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, think he probably did, but probably not. I got to imagine. It, it seems like wouldn't you be smart? I, I don't know how industries work, but I feel like wouldn't you send them a check and be like, hey, by taking this check, you're not going to sue us for the this movie we made? Yeah. Or do Especially something? if it's going to be a huge hit. Like, yeah. And then also you get an ambassador who's yeah, who yeah, could, it looks good, you know. Um, somebody. Uh, I just, I just wonder about that. Like, like John like, Romita, there's a, some story Dan Slott tells about John Romita watching Spider-Man Two, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And just like as the movie's going, going like I drew that, I drew that. That's one of mine. Just like because yeah. like they did like Spider-Man No More, and they did some other sequences, and just like right, but like right. not in a angry way, like in a ooh. That's me. I remember the Spider-Man No More shot in Spider-Man 2. Yeah, and so I don't think he'd be doing that if he got zero dollars, if he felt like he was owed money. Maybe he would. I don't know. Maybe you can do both those things, be excited to see your stuff on the screen and then leave going, I deserve something. It's just strange that you have a culture. I mean, I think of superheroes as such a huge part of like my imagination and just like American culture. Mm -hmm. And so precious few of them seem to get paid for it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, mean, some of, some of them do. Um, it definitely is why paid big time. Um, it definitely is why I think you're more likely to see somebody repackage existing characters than create new characters because they know they're not going to get paid enough. Like it's, yeah. it's why make an all new Guardians of the Galaxy when it's like, eh, I'll just use all, I'm not going to get paid anyway. I might as well throw a rocket in possibly, you know, why should I create all these new Spider-Man villains when I get paid the same if I use Doc Ock? Yeah. And I'm just you know, like, if they want me to create a new character that they're going to use in their next movie, they pay me for it. But then also there's outside of that, like it's sometimes hard to know who does get the credit. Like, yeah. Okay, like, okay, Keith Giffen in Justice League. Yeah, huge impact. But he didn't create Batman. He didn't create the idea of a Justice League. He wasn't the artist. Mm -hmm. He wasn't the dialogue guy. And that, that dialogue has a huge impact on it. Um, yeah, if you did a Booster Gold and Blue Beetle movie, 
Does yeah. how much does he deserve for just making them become friends? Yeah. Um. But th- this thing we're going over it has not really penetrated into like the cinematic universe too much, right? Like people know Spider Man. Yeah. People know like people know like Galactus, right? Like you don't have to go too deep to know Galactus. Well, the DC doesn't really have a deep cinematic universe, right? Right. They've had Batman movies. Superman, they have TV shows. Superman movies. Um, but yeah, on the TV shows and stuff like this, I mean, those things go deep. Oh, that's cool. Um, I stopped watching all of them cause there are too many of them. But like, I mean, elongated man and Sue Dibney were recurring characters on the flash. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and obviously they preexist this justice league by a long shot, but, uh, you know, they have those things. And like I said, these cartoons dig deep into everything. I learn about most of these characters through the cartoons and then find out that they're, they're all existing things. Like oh, I, wow. I'm watching, like I said, I'm watching young justice season three because I signed up for the DC universe app. Um, I hadn't seen season three, I hadn't seen season one and two, but I rewatched it all. And as I was watching it, when Catherine Colbert showed up, I'm like crazy to me yeah. that this character who is meaningless, they needed some sort of a person to speak for the team. Maxwell Lord is sort of probably tainted and she's a great fit for that. Yeah. When Elrond showed up, I was like, Elrond is in this. Yeah. Um, Crazy. And it's fun. Elrond's really fun in it. Um, uh, and, you know, Batman Brave and the Bold, like I said, when they did the one punch gag, it was like, oh, it's so cool. But it's not like kids yeah. are watching that, knowing what that's a reference for the people who made the cartoon. Yeah. And for me and for us old folks watching it, because it doesn't hurt yeah. the, it doesn't hurt the watching of the cartoons. You don't need to know no. who these characters are. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I also think this is unrelated to any of that static, uh, static, which is a Dwayne McDuffie character should be huge in the DC universe. Yeah. He's basically like, he's as fun as like Spider-Man. He's this young black kid mm-hmm. with like, uh, sort of electroish powers. He has this fun visual. He like flies around on a disc. He looks cool. He showed up in this Young Justice cartoon, but he had his own animated series for a while. I'm like, why is there not a movie about, why is there not a live action movie? And why is he not in the Justice League? He's great. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, DC has characters like that that are just sort of sitting there. Why is there not like a question solo movie? That seems like it would work. I would love that. That seems like it would work easy without you even knowing it was a comic book character. Just like the cool visual of a faceless man. Yeah, I would love it. would be... I don't know. DC has, but I think Warner Brothers just doesn't know how to, like if Kevin Feig, the guy who runs the MCU had to lost all of the MCU and was given all the DC properties for sure. You'd see these things start coming out. Yeah. And they'd be good or at the very worst, like competently made. Yeah. And, uh, DC has such a deep bench of things. It's crazy that this stuff that they just keep doing Batman. I mean, they should keep doing Batman. Yeah, you should always have Batman. You should always have Spider Man, but also do other stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just think I think Keith Giffen, and to a slightly lesser extent, James Mattis and Kev McGuire, just deserve tons of credit for revitalizing Justice League and giving it so many things to play with over the years. And these characters, giving them life. Yeah. It's uh, well, fascinating we, to me. We we give them credit. Yes, I mean we're not at blame for this. Animal Man, if you're listening, if you can get in touch with Keith Given and James DeMattis and 
Kevin McGuire and Bart Sears and tell them that we think they're great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you want to read some quick emails? You got time? I do. Right. Uh, first we have one from, this is a fun one from Justin, uh, frequent listener emails me a decent amount. I often respond to his emails, but I don't read them all. Uh, but he wrote, he asked this great question that I think is fun. So I'm going to read it to you. Will. okay. Um, I'm just trying to find it. Uh, oh, he liked the way you described the JLE as put together like the monkeys. Hmm. He says, uh, I always thought of them as being put together like a Herald team, which is the improv comedy teams that are theaters. Well, yeah. uh, and he goes in that vein, which team would be better at improv? JLA or JLE? Fun question. So if you had to, if they had to get up on stage, take some, you know, you're teaching them some classes. They're not going in raw. You know, you've got, you know, they each take your classes for six months. Well, they'd both be terrible. (laughs) Who would be the least bad? They'd both be so bad. Like the flash would be a terrible improviser. Yes. Blue beetle would be miserable at it. You don't, think Blue be Beetle, total, you don't think Blue Beetle could get into it? No. I think he'd be either a total frozen, hug-the-back-wall perfectionist, or he'd be like, break-the-fourth-wall guy. Booster Gold would be terrible at it. I think if Booster Gold wasn't in the class, Blue Beetle would be good. They're definitely going to make each other worse. <laughs> I think John Jones would be good at improv. Okay. I think he'd commit. Uh, I think uh, Rocket Red would be good. Rocket Red would be great. I totally agree with you. Rocket Red would be good at improv. I Ralph think, Dibney would be a ham. He'd be a miserable improviser. I think he would be a ham. I think he'd be good. I think he some would. Of these pe- some of these people would be bad at improv. It would be so funny and charismatic. Yeah. The audience would like them. I think he'd be like one of those performers who's like, every three, every fourth move, you'd be like, oh, why'd you do that? Like, you ruined the scene for a funny line. It is funny. But then he would do those three lines before. I'd be like, yeah, hey, you are the best at this. <laughs> He'd be that guy. Power Girl would be humorless. She would never see the game of the scene. Uh, I mean, they'd both be terrible. These would be two terrible <laughs> improv teams. Um, Mr. Miracle? He's, he's so boring. He's a performer. Think, yeah, he'd have good stage presence. You know, he would cheat out. He would know how to cheat out. I bet you Oberon would be all right. <laughs> uh, what about Fire and Ice? Ice would be very diligent, you know. She would like follow all the improv rules. So, fire could be pretty good. But your fire could be good. I think they both have a good chance to be good at it. Um. Again, okay. Again, I, th- again, I, I do think elongated man would be pretty good. You're right. Elongated man would be pretty good. But also, he would definitely throw also some let's puns assume there. they're going. They're doing a cage match like competition where they're both going to perform and the audience is going to vote. So they both they both want to do a good. They're show. motivated. They're motivated. Yeah. Okay. That's they're not being forced to do this. This is for pride. Okay, I th- I'm going to give uh, my instinct is where's Rocket Red? Is he? Is He's he on Europe Justice or? League Europe. Okay, I'm going to give it to Europe because I think Captain Adam will like lay low. Dibney will be good. Rocket Red will be good. Um, I do think you're right that Flash will be real bad, though. Flash will be so bad. I don't know. He might torpedo the whole show. And uh, He might ruin the whole show. And, and Power Girl will be pretty bad. I'm no, say, forget it. It's going to be JLA. JLA. Crimson because, like, Fox would be on the team, probably, and she would be good, too. They, they'd be like, I don't know. I uh, think Blue Beetle. 
Okay, I think Blue Beetle and Booster Gold would be a weird little comedy unit, and they would ruin every scene they were in, but be kind of funny. John Jones would be good at connections. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle and Oberon have like good. They cheat out. They speak. You can. They talk to the back of the house. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to give it to Justice League America. By a, and they're both bad. I mean, we're talking about the two worst teams at the theater. I do think Justice League Europe would probably win if not for Wally. He would just ruin everything. Because yeah, I don't think he could... He wouldn't, he wouldn't sit on the back line ever because for him, his super speed would be his worst enemy, right? He'd be like, this yeah. scene's been going on forever. Yeah. He'd be that guy he'd who walks play- in the second line going, I waited. Right. And he'd tag out everybody. He'd play three characters at once. He thinks he's the funniest one. Yeah, it's bad news. Bad news with Flash would ruin it. Um, so I'm going to give Justice League America the 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 edge. Okay, great. Uh, I like that question. Uh, Thomas Franzem emails us. Now that you've covered multiple comics that feature stretchy dudes, who's your favorite <laughs> stretch based character and why? Well, who have we covered? There's Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic, Elongated Man, Metamorpho. Yeah. But let's throw Plastic Man in there, too. We haven't covered him, but we know him. Because I think Plastic Man is the funniest and coolest one, but we haven't covered him. Yeah. At least in terms of stretchy. Like, I like Reed Richards, but his stretchiness is, like, weirdly the least interesting thing about him. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Reed. I think I think I like Metamorpho the best, though. Uh, Plastic Man is funny. and Like, his Jack Cole comics were really cool. The ones that I've read, I've not read that many of them. But outside of the Jack Cole comics, Plastic Man hasn't done a lot for me. My son loves them, so maybe I'm wrong. He looks so cool. And Elongated Man, there's something about him I like, but it's not his stretchy. Like it's the fact that his stretchiness okay. is sort of an Here, afterthought. That he just here's his, my test for you. Okay. Each of them are in a solo comic. Which one do you read first? I mean, I think Reed he, Richards, Elongated Man, Metamorpho. And Plastic Man. I think I would read... I mean, it just depends who's drawing and writing it, of course. But I think Metamorpho would be the one I'd be the most interested to read. Then Elongated Man. Here's the thing. I've read solo books with all these characters. Uh, at least a miniseries for Reed. Reed's the least interesting to me. He's only interesting with the Fantastic Four. To me. Um... Uh, Plastic Man could be good, but it's got to be like a really good creator. And it's almost like fun in like a uh, making fun of superhero sense. Metamorpho, I think, could be really cool. And Elongated Man, because I think the stretchiness almost doesn't matter. You're, it, that that makes him more interesting to me. It's like, how do you make this guy work? He, he has like long arms. This is his power. <laughs> right. Um, but when you say Plastic Man. Yeah, Plastic Man. Must be rough being wrong. It's not so bad. Uh, Here's a question for you, Will. Okay. Um, This is from our friend Eric Tenoy. Okay. Hello, Milk Sops. (laughs) I was wondering if either of you thought that the Justice League uh, Europe issue three cover, can you pull that up, Will? Yep. Was modeled after the cover for Band on the Run by Paul McCartney and Wings from 1973. If you're unfamiliar with Paul McCartney, he was in a band called The Beatles which are described in the podcast, screw it, we're just going to talk about the Beatles. Right. So that's a little background for you, Will. 
Uh, both covers have a gang of eight to nine people framed in a circular spotlight against a brick wall with gravel at their feet. The poses are also pretty similar. Elongated yeah. man's neck and left uh, arm at the top of the circle seem to be approximating James Coburn's arm positions from Band on the Run. Animal Man is crouched down on the bottom right, just like Denny Lane on the album cover. Power Girl is making a face similar to Kenny Lynch, second from left. Captain Adam as field commander is presumably Paul McCartney. Catherine Colbert seems to be making the same face as Christopher Lee. Uh, I think he's totally right, and I thought that when I looked at this cover. I think this is somebody said make it like Band on the Run. I th- I do. I actually totally think. I would so. assume that was just Bart Sears doing that then for fun. Yeah, just like also just like a decent reference. Like somebody could even say, "Oh, they're going to look like the Band on the Run," and he's like, "You know what? I'll just get that cover and use that as a guide." Yeah. There's also standing in front of like a brick wall, though. Uh, also, to me, when I first glanced at it, I thought of the Days of Future Past Wolverine cover. Had that come out yet? I don't know. That must have. Okay. I don't know, though. Because this came out in June of 89. That's like, that's right around when that happened, I think. Uh, Are you finding out? Yeah, I'm Googling it really quick. Let's see. That is issue 141. X-Men 141. Came out in dun, 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 dun. oh January eighty one. Whoa, way earlier. Way earlier. I mean, it doesn't look the same because it's two characters in the posters, everything. But uh, that was the first thing I thought of. But also, just like somebody standing in a spotlight against a brick wall. Yeah. Was all. Um. But I mean, I also see this point. I think Eric's right on the money. Okay. Uh, Eric also uh, says this is this part's more for me. My wife and I have been working our way through Legends of Tomorrow on Netflix. Legends of Tomorrow is the um, third or fourth of the CWDC live action shows. Okay. There's Arrow, there was Flash, there's Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow is made up of like assorted characters and they travel through time. The lineup sort of changes from season to season. Uh, and I watched the first season and it was okay. And then I hear it gets really good in season two and I just haven't gotten around to watching it. Okay. Uh, it seems to have a similar tone of consistent character game jokes throughout, just like JLI and JLE, uh, at least as you describe them, it's fun. Uh, which, you know, just furthers my point that I should watch that at some point. Okay. I'll stand by it. Um, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Uh, uh Nabil emails us. Hi, fellow milk sops. <laughs> I love that everyone's adopted that as a way to address us. Yeah, I actually really do. Yeah. It makes me wish uh, I might have to change our, my name on the email is, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Willie Peter uh, Palmer. Willie, uh, Willie Lumpkin. Willie Lumpkin. Um, and I should change it to Milk Sops. The Milk Sops. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just want to let you know how much I love the new season. Your discussion of Justice League International really got me into this series. Ended up, and then I ended up going through the whole Giffen to Maddie's run because of it. Really love the run, especially the Maguire issues with guys like Lobo, Nort, and Magna Khan. Great balance of action and comedy early on. I also admit that I changed my early opinion on Guy Gardner. After a few issues of brain damage do-gooder Guy Gardner, I missed the old guy. <laughs> Couldn't have been happier when he came back. The guy grew on me. My question for you is if you... Uh, before I get to the question, I agree with that. Like when I reread it before, as we were doing this podcast, I got tired of sweet guy and I missed tough guy. And then he came back and he was, he was too much. Yeah. If he was like 10% less obnoxious, 
Yeah. He'd be a fun obnoxious to me. Yeah. He's also in Young Justice. Uh, and he is fun in that. Yeah. Because he's not like chauvinistically awful. He's right, just right. like arrogantly tough guy. And I think there's something really fun about it. Uh, like he saves everybody in the most recent <laughs> episode that I watched. He goes, what would you guys be without Guy Gardner or something like that? But it's like everybody was saving everybody throughout the whole episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah, you, you aren't more powerful than any of these other characters, but he needs the accolades. Anyway, uh, if you could put together a Marvel counterpart to JLI full of BC lists, who would you pick and why? I think we've been asked this before, but I think I'd like to give it another shot. Okay, what's the exact question? You have to put together a Marvel counterpart to JLI. So a, okay. basically, I'm going to say like an Avengers international team. So an okay. Avengers so team. So none of the none of the big guns. Yeah, but I don't know who they uh, they are. I guess now it'd be the Avengers. The big guns I would say are Spider Man and the ones that were in the first Avengers movie. Right. Okay. So you don't get Hawkeye or Black Widow or Iron Man, Hulk or Thor. You could get one, right? Because they had Batman. But I'm, I'm you saying could take Hawkeye. Or I something. think for this, none. Okay. Uh, Challenge accepted. And let's say we need at least five or six. Let's try to get five or six on there. All right. Um, let's see. So I don't even, do I even know enough characters to know. do this? I would want a couple characters that are sort of like, I mean, I'm basically going to use just the international. I, here's how I'm going to do it. I think this is easier. Just, it's another one of these alternate realities. Justice League International doesn't exist. It never happened. Okay. Um, you're writing Avengers in 1989 or whatever. And okay. And you have to create the energy of Justice League International because it doesn't exist otherwise. And okay. you're told, sorry, Will, you can't have Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, right. or Hulk. You're like, what about Spider-Man or Wolverine? And they're like, no. So I'm going to say you can't have Hawkeye or Black Widow. They're B-list enough. But you can't have any of the I big guns. Solo movie. I can, I can have them. You can't. You can't have anyone in a solo movie. So no Hawkeye or Black Widow. Hawkeye and Black Widow, you can't. They don't have solo movies yet. Okay. So okay. So you can have them. I'm going to take Black Widow in the Batman role. The kind of like fed up with the kids. Um, why am I putting up with these jerks? All business. Mm -hmm. Connection to the old guard. Then for the, what do you, do you want to do this with me? Yeah. I mean, I think, I'm, I'm just going to go person by person. I think you got to take Hawkeye, especially if you can do it more like the Matt Fraction Hawkeye, sort of the screw up, arrogant Hawkeye. He could fill that booster goldish role uh, pretty well, okay. I think. Uh, okay. Um, Who else? Okay, so who's going to be the funny? Like, we need, like, who's the booster in Beetle? Well, I think Hawkeye could be one of them. So who's the person he would play off of, I guess? Um, I mean, he normally pairs with Black Widow, but uh, if we're not going to take Black Widow... You, you took Black Widow, but you're putting her as... Batman. Sort of a Batman serious one. Um, who would he be funny off of? Somebody else who's sort of like a showboaty medium power to low power, I would think. Uh, who would that be? Um, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to think like a human torch-ish type character. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I mean, Spidey and Torch would have that dynamic. Yes. So they're just they're just too big. Spidey is way too big. You could maybe get away with Human Torch, um, or Iceman or something. <laughs> Amazing friends. Um, but X Men even feels like a slight cheat in a weird way. I don't think you take somebody out of the. Like if you take Beast out of X Men, yeah, yeah. I feel like you could do something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Beast and Wonder Man sort of had that vibe in the Avengers at one point. They were sort of best friend jokesters. Vision is a clear analog for John Jones. If you want to do, oh, I can't take Vision. Uh, I think you can. Anyone who doesn't have a solo movie. Okay, so I'll take Vision for the John Jones role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, energy. That, that's really easy. Um, I think you also want that fire ice vibe. That's sort of like. Um, is that like good girl, bad girl? Like you know, rule follower, rule breaker. Yeah, but also just sort of like. Um, Weirdly, like, proud to be here, but sort of, do they belong here at the same time? Uh, that's sort of, that, to me, like, that's sort of the fun vibe of them. It's sort of like, where'd they come from? But, yeah, they, they're the heart and soul of the team in a way. Um, and then you also need, like, a Guy Gardner type. Like, the villain who's on the team. The jerk. The jerk, yeah. Um... Uh, man, I am bad at this. I want to take is another. Iron Fi- uh, is is Iron Fist a jerk? I mean, Iron Fist. I just is, don't know that. I just don't know that. Well, the thing characters. is, you can give them any personalities you want. I would say Guy Gardner wasn't this much of a jerk before this comic, right? Booster Gold and Blue Beetle weren't screw ups before this comic. Iron Fist, yeah. I think, in Hawkeye could actually be Booster Gold and Blue Beetle pretty easily. I can see that. Okay. They're both. They both are like good fighters. Um. How about Dazzler? Uh, sure. I'm, th- I'm just thinking, who do I know that's like medium? How about Dakota North? <laughs> Dazzler. I'm thinking of like, who are the yeah, like the... There's like Misty Knight. Uh, like she has a cyborg arm. Uh, Jessica Jones? Yeah, Jessica Jones. The, she sort of works best, I think, without super power, without a super costume, though. So she'd be a tough fit. I mean, really what you end up with is sort of like a new Avengers like lineup because like Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Daredevil, sort of these street level characters could work really well in it. Um, um, if that, that team even had Wolverine, which could be like a Guy Gardner role, but I think he's way too big to be in our Justice League, our Avengers yeah. International. Um, I'm not I'm not capable of doing this. I mean, I would, I, I basically would fill it with the only people I could think of, which would mm-hmm. be like Cloak and Dagger, like just the ones yeah, yeah. that I remember who were not like that big. Yeah. Ghost Riders available. Um, Who's the guy that made the costumes for Daredevil? Made the costumes? I think he had a super, he was a super villain and he, gladiator or something. And he like <laughs> gave it up and became a costume maker and he would make Daredevil costumes sometimes. Um, Him. I think Spider, <laughs> Spider-Woman could be very funny if played that way. Jessica Drew. Yeah. Um, especially if you don't have Spider-Man on the team. She's been on Avengers teams before, but she's always played as like a spy. I think she'd be more fun as like uh, just having fun. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's tough yeah. to do that. Uh, the people who put these things together and who just mine, uh, like the Kurt Busicks and Dan Slotts who just, and Mark Wade, who just seem to know everybody around. Every- I also think of like characters like the New Warriors, like Speedball, uh, Namorita, 
Night Thrasher. I don't know if you are aware of who the New Warriors I, are. No, I barely, I barely know. They that. were basically like a bunch of like leftover characters that were just put on a team together. And I never read it. People really, it was really popular for a while. Um, but I think that could have had that sort of vibe very easily. Once you have Speedball and uh, Night Thrasher, who's a guy on a skateboard, it feels like that's a comedy book already. But I think it was played mostly straight. Um, the, the Giffen and Dematis and McGuire did a short Defenders miniseries with a Justice League international-like humor. Oh, yeah? Yes. It was Hulk, uh, Hulk, uh, Doctor Strange, and uh, Namor? Namor. Silver Surfer was surfing the whole time, and it was trying to fit in with the surfer groups on, in, at the ocean. <laughs> but he was not a, really a part of the team. Uh, and I remember it being pretty good. Wasn't there a guy called Union Jack who was on the Defenders or something like that? Union Jack was on the Invaders. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I love his costume. Yeah. Um, U.S. Agent. There's your jerk. Okay, great. The Captain America replacement guy. He's for sure your guy, Gardner. Uh, okay, he's in. Great. So there, we're done. Um... Anyway, I like that question, Nabil. Uh, I bet other people would be better at this than us. We just run the podcast. We don't know what we're talking about. Get Kurt Busiek to answer it. Um, that's it, Will. Four emails. What are we doing next week? We're going to do Batman Year One, Issue Two. That's right. Uh, and then we're going to do three and four in the subsequent weeks. And then we're going to go do Sandman, the DC Vertigo series. That's right. I'm going to, and um, so next week is Batman Year One, Issue Two. We did Issue One a couple of weeks ago with uh, Z Chun from TKO Presents. And, um, but we got, we love it so much that we got to go back to it. So, so that's right. So the next three will be Batman Year One, and then we'll go into Sandman. We'll know what issues those are hopefully by the time we're wrapping up Batman Year One. We, we'll definitely know. I'm going to pick this week. And uh, if you want to email us about Batman Year One, Justice League International, or Sandman, Email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. Screwitspidey. We have an Instagram, screwitcomics. Really love it if you check that out. And a Twitter, screwitcomics. That's right. And screwitspidey uh, and screwitrecent are also Instagram accounts um, where I just post other images that fit those categories. Uh, so you can also check those out. But screwitcomics is where I post the stuff from the issues we talk about on this podcast. And... Um, and that's it for Justice League, although I'm sure we'll be mentioning them a lot. But that's it for our focus on Yeah, them. I think we might go back and do some more Giffen stuff for sure at some point. So, Got to hit that ambush book. That's right. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, see you next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Screw it. Screw it. Just about comics. Hey, Rachel, Oscar. Yeah, yeah Claire? Claire? Do you love Disney movies? Uh-huh. Have you seen them all? Not all of them. What do you guys think if we watch them all in chronological order and then talk about them? Ooh. Oh, and what if we could talk about it with some of our favorite friends? <gasps> I love that. Yeah, and what if we do it inside the Disney Vault? You know, that's the name of our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media. Yeah, check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to yours. That's Inside the Disney Vault. Let's go. Woo! Campfire.